men, men, manly men, 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 men. This is Wisconsin's Weekend Morning News. Good morning to you, Dayton Kane, filling in for Libby Collins today. It happens about three times a year when Libby needs a break. Uh, all men in the studio today. We got Wyatt, Isaac in the producer's booth, and uh, we're ready to go for you today. I, I apologize in advance for whatever happens. I'll just throw that out there. Uh, it is the officially the third week into January, January 21st, 2024, and uh, this time of year is when those New Year's resolutions, you're either making it or you've already given up, and I thought it'd be a good way to start the show today by bringing in an expert to talk a little bit about this with us. Kevin McCarthy, he's the author of the On Purpose person, Making Your Life Make Sense. He's done several other books. He's the Chief Leadership Officer at On Purpose Partners, which is a business consulting firm based in Winter Park, Florida. Good morning. How are you, Kevin? Hey, it's great to be with you, Dayton. It's uh, it's a, a much warmer where I am. I bet. What do you got right now? Uh, we're actually cold for us. It's 42, so oh. it's going to be up to 60-something today. So, <laughs> Oh, very nice. Well, much better than the zero we're starting off at right now. I hear you. So, so Kevin, tell me, first of all, before we get into goal setting and how to keep those, what tell us what you do. Well, I basically help individuals and organizations clarify their purpose, vision, mission, and values so they can create the strategies and structures to align their uh, their life to their purpose, so they're on their purpose rather than off their purpose. Okay. So, how does purpose help us achieve our goals? What keeps? How does that help keep us on track? Well, goals are sort of consumables that we can think about. Where purpose is uh, an enduring quality; it's a reason why we exist. And so, in many ways, goals are an expression of our purpose through a, a vision, that we have a vision for our life, we have missions that we live out, and then values keep us in line, if you will, they govern our, our choices. And then what goals are, are measurements of the effectiveness of the alignment of your purpose, vision, mission, and values. Okay. And when, so when we're setting our goals, there's a foundation, so to speak, a base that we're starting from. Yeah, and basically, you know, a lot of people would look at it and say, it's the reason why I do what I'm doing. I mean, now that's uh, a very light understanding of purpose, but purpose you know, is sort of that spark, um, <clears throat> excuse me, deep within you that is really wanting to give expression to making a difference in the world or to service, um, and it, it carries through us like a golden thread. So when it comes to failed resolutions, New Year's resolutions, which I'm not a New Year's resolutions guy, but I am a goal <laughs> guy. And uh, what it happens is they really aren't grounded deeply in our reasons why we want to do something, let alone our reason for being. So whenever you, and it's important to compare and contrast, you know, a, a human being versus a human doing. Sure. So what we're really trying to do is understand that purpose is that reason for being, Vision is what we are seeing for our lives. Missions are what we are doing. Values are how we are choosing. So when our being, seeing, doing, and choosing are aligned, it's actually very easy to um, stay on track, if you will, for what you're trying to do. Yeah, so if you if I just set a goal, throw something out there, but I don't have a reason for getting there, chances are I'm not going to get there. So these New Year's resolutions that we set are often like, I'm going to lose 20 pounds. Well, why? And what's the purpose? And and once I get there, what happens after that, right? Yeah. And the other part of it would be, you know, what does it look like? What does my life look like whenever I'm there? The vision part of it is, is sure. part of this. So you're beginning to say, you know, I'm able to dance more or am I able to play tennis? I'm a tennis player or am I able to uh, get on the ground and play with my children. There's something that's that's uh, what I'm going to call a light purpose, a light why. Uh, but underneath all of that, there's a reason why you exist. And, and that's really been that deep purpose is the part that is often within us, but we don't have expression or understanding of that. It's just kind of there. So we don't know how to harness it. And make those goals or those New Year's resolutions stick and that's what you guys do. Uh, so tell us how people can get in touch with you. I know how they could get your books, all that good stuff. Yeah, they can just go to onpurpose.com. 
And uh, there they can find books. They can find a tool we have to actually help you articulate your two-word, pur- your purpose in life in two words. Um, that tool is called onpurpose.me. That's also the website for it. Uh, so these are things that are really important, but if you don't know why you exist, then there's this sort of gaping hole in your soul. And so as a result, you're trying to fill it with all sorts of other things and doing things, but perhaps not necessarily feeling satisfied. So the way I describe it is your life might be filled, but you feel feel unfulfilled. Hmm. Good stuff. All right. Well, Kevin, we appreciate you coming on, kind of setting the bar as to how we might move forward with our goals for 2024. Um, And hopefully we talk to you again soon here. That's great. Thank you. Have a great day. Thank you as well. Coming up next, we will be checking in with Matt Sossler. Uh, In for Libby Collins, I'm Dayton Kane on Wisconsin's Weekend Morning News on WTMJ. Packers playoff run came to a close after a 24-21 loss to the San Francisco 49ers. This is a special group, and one of the tough things about the National Football League is that's not going to be, that group will never be together again as a team. There's so much turnover each and every year, but their their ability to stay together when, I mean, a lot of stuff was hitting the fan, uh, I couldn't be more proud than to be able to stand up in front of that group, and it's a special group. Um, and I think that, you know, it's a young group that, there's a lot of promise for the future, but nothing's guaranteed, and our guys are going to have to attack this offseason. Packers head coach Matt LaFleur, San Francisco, advances to the NFC Championship game against the Lions or Buccaneers next Sunday. Damian Lillard put up 45 points in the Bucks' 141-135 to win over Detroit. He definitely, you know, he's a rhythm player, and you could tell he started to get his rhythm out there. Uh, his, his, his shots started to feel good for him, and he made big shots, and that's that's why he's on this team. You know, he makes big shots, uh, but also he he's a smart, intelligent player. He's making the best uh, the, uh, the right play. Bucks head coach Adrian Griffin Lillard became the first Bucks player with at least forty points, ten assists, and five three pointers in a game. Up next, the Bucks and Pistons will travel across Lake Michigan for a rematch tomorrow night for the second leg of the home and home. Coverage on WTMJ starts at 5.30. And lastly, all five Marquette starters finish in double figures in their 73-72 win over St. John's. They take a trip down I-94 to take on DePaul on Wednesday night. Tip-off on 94.5 ESPN is scheduled for 8. I'm Matt Sossler, WTMJ Sports. Up next, Libby Collins checks in with Mark Cass, editor-in-chief of the Milwaukee Business Journal. It is Wisconsin's Weekend Morning News on WTMJ. Good morning, January 21st, 2024, 6, 8, 18 in the morning, and we've got zero degrees outside. We're going to get to the full forecast in a second. Dayton Kane in for Libby Collins, and uh, coming in after a kind of depressing Packers loss, I have to keep reminding myself that I never even thought we'd be in the playoffs. That's the only solace I have to this. We had so many missed opportunities last night, and it looked like we were going to win the thing, and we just couldn't pull it off. So here we are. Uh, looking forward to next year, but we have a great team under us and uh, can't wait to see what happens in the future. Let's get to the WTMJ five-day forecast. Today, sunny, breezy, a high of 22. Wind chill is going to be 5 to minus 15, depending on where you are. Tonight, down to 20. Tomorrow, slight chance of a snow mix, a high of 34. Tuesday, messy, wintry mix, likely 37. Wednesday, cloudy with rain. A high of 39, Thursday rain likely, and a high of 40. So it's going to get really sloshy and messy out there this week. It's one in Oshkosh, minus two in Jefferson, zero in Milwaukee. And uh, we are going to hand it over to Libby. We'll hear from her a few times throughout the day. She checks in with Mark Cass, editor-in-chief of the Milwaukee Business Journal. And I'm Libby Collins, along with Mark Cass. He is the editor-in-chief of the Milwaukee Business Journal. And, Mark, we keep talking about these businesses that are moving downtown. And now we find that a prominent investment management firm is bringing 300 employees from Menominee Falls to the Third Ward. How exciting is that? Yeah, no, this is another one of these, right, with Milwaukee Tool, Rexnord, all these companies who are moving into the downtown, who are bringing employees downtown. And here's another the case, bringing 300 employees into the heart of the city and is going to occupy a building 
in the third ward. And to me, the most important thing is a couple of things. One is because of the energy it brings and the people it brings. But two, it's also the message. Because what they said is why we're doing this is because of what's going on in downtown. And they're seeing the success of downtown. And then two, they said because it helps them recruit. If you want to recruit the younger execs, people to move here, you have to be in the heart of the city because they want to live there. They want to work there. So this is another good story. And what I always talk about is it's great because of them coming here, but also the spinoff effect. Because these 300 employees are going to shop downtown. They're going to eat. They're going to spend money downtown, and that's just really good for the city. So this is another great story, and I think we've seen so much momentum, as I said, with Milwaukee Tool, with Rexnord, with all these companies who are moving downtown, just a real strength and real kind of momentum. And and really, I didn't even talk about NML, because remember, NML is bringing 1,800 employees downtown. So it's just important to the future of the downtown areas to see all this happening. I think we need more parking spaces. We need more parking spaces. There's nothing wrong with that. More parking is good. This is actually right next to a parking structure in the third ward, but parking is good. Getting downtown, riding the hop, Libby. I still have a seat next to me on the hop waiting for you. Keep it warm because it's a cold day. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to some news that I think we were really disappointed. And that's yeah. the 2026 All-Star Game. A lot of people thought the Bucks were going to get it. But all right, tell us who got it. And is there still a chance yeah. Milwaukee could get a future game? Yeah, you know, this one's going to L.A. It's going to the Clippers' new arena, which is under construction right now. You know, the Bucks had really hoped for either 25 or 26. Neither of them have been 25 is going out in Oakland for the Warriors. So this is kind of disappointing. It's really disappointing because for those of us who remember the opening of the arena, opening of Pfizer Forum, you had the NBA commissioner there, Adam Silver, and he said at that time, we're going to have an all-star game in Milwaukee at some point. We just got to get our calendars lined up. Well, here we are. We're through 26, and it hasn't happened yet. So we all have it on record. We're all going to keep reminding him of that, and I know the Bucks really want this. So I think it will happen at some point. It's just a matter of when. Maybe they're watching for the RNC, how that does here, how the hotel rooms work, how that all goes to see if we could handle an NBA All-Star game. I think we could. We've had a lot of large conventions with NML and stuff. So it could happen to be great for the city. One of the things we talk about the RNC and what it mean to the city is future events. As I've talked about in Cleveland, they got All-Star, both MLB and NBA, after hosting the RNC. So the hope is still there. I think the Bucks want it. Hopefully Adam Silver stays true to his word and it comes here in a few years because it'd be a great thing for the city. We've got something that L.A. will never get, and that's the Harley-Davidson anniversary yeah. celebration. It's happening again bring this it into summer. One, right? Have a Harley-Davidson all-star parade. How about <laughs> Listen, that? We just bring it all into one. Every summer we have that. Now tell us yeah, yeah. who the big headliners are going to be this year. Yeah. This is one that's huge. And it, you know, that time you and I have already talked about what a summer it's going to be in Milwaukee. You know, so you have the Red Hot Chili Peppers, kind of the main act, and then a number of other acts who are coming, country acts and things like that. So big names are coming in July, the week after the RNC. So as I said to you, we could have one heck of a June through August. Hopefully have a NBA championship with the Bucks and a parade. Let's hope so. Then you got Summerfest, RNC, Harley Fest, the Air and Water Show also that weekend. And then you also have that state fair. Think about it. You and I may never even sleep for like six weeks. We'll just be out all the time having fun. I got to tell you, I'm really excited about Jelly Roll. Harley is having last year with Green Day and then the Foo Fighters. Now this year without Chili Peppers. I just think it's cool they're having this every year. They're having it on the lakefront every year. It's going to show off Milwaukee, show off the lake, and just be great for the city. No doubt about that. Another thing that is coming to Wisconsin. It looks like Kenosha is finally going to get their casino with that hard rock. Yeah. I guess their county board nearly approved it. I wouldn't say it's going to happen yet. It's got a couple more steps, but it's moving in the direction. After years and years of kind of discussion, it's been approved now through the city, approved by the county board. So the hope is it could be within a year. It could get approved and then we start construction. So this will be a big deal adding a casino in Kenosha. Obviously, you've seen the success of them in Illinois. You've seen the success here in Milwaukee. There's been a hope this what happened, what it would mean for that region in terms of economic impact. We'll see. There's some pretty large steps yet to go, but the fact that it's moving again is a big deal. And the fact that you could bring a hard rock there, I think is really important to the region. Hard rock is a big deal. Is, would, big that be at the old, would that be at the old Dairyland site or where are they? You know, working? it's right in that area, not far from there. Finally, you had the opportunity last week to attend the Herb Cole Memorial Service. And what was the tone of the event? And did you learn anything about the late senator that you didn't know before? You know, the thing I learned again was just how humble he was and how he just wanted to help others. There's a couple of stories that I just left with that I think is amazing. A number of us have heard this story about how when he sold the team in 2014 and, you know, made the money and then he gave back $100 million, he actually handed out money to every one of his employees who worked for the Bucks and who worked for the private center, from the corporate executives all the way through the ushers. 
And you know how much that total would be? Almost $10 million he handed what? out there. I had never heard that number before. And, you know, nine, $10 million he handed out there to his staff. And then the second story I heard, which I hadn't heard because it just happened recently, about three or four days before he passed, he ate lunch virtually every day at the Fister Cafe. He was a legend there. You always would know he'd be there at noon. Well, three or four days, he went there and he handed a check for $300 to every employee in the restaurant, whether that was the host to the cooks, the waitresses who waited on him, someone said he handed out nearly $40,000. I mean, he didn't call anybody. He didn't tell anybody. He just went. And he just wanted to appreciate the people who had helped him throughout the years, who had waited on him. And he did this throughout his life. I've heard stories about individuals who ran into him at a restaurant. And he'd say, please come to a game and sit in my seats. He'd never met him before. So he was just an amazing individual who was so humble and who was so generous. And I think the other thing we heard at this event, which is great, is that his wealth and his generosity is going to continue. His foundation, his philanthropy is going to continue after his passing. And his impact on this community is going to last for years and years. And I think that's the message. The Herb Cole way we heard at this event, you know, the Herb Cole way is to be humble and to be helpful for the community. What an inspiration he was to so many. Mark, thank you so much for sharing those stories with us. Again, I hadn't heard those before, but it just kind of blows me away when you talk about the late Herb Cole. Yeah, he was an amazing person, and I just love talking about him because I think we all can learn from him. Thank you, Mark. Have a great week. Always good to talk to Libby, and I'll talk to you next week when hopefully it's warmer, and hopefully I'll be outside again, maybe playing pickleball, right? With earmuffs. (laughs) Thanks a lot. (laughs) Earmuffs and gloves. There you go. (laughs) Thanks a lot, Mark. Take care. All right. Take care. Thank you, Libby. We'll hear more from her throughout the next couple hours here. Uh, They talked about the big names that are coming to the area, but there's always a music scene going on in Milwaukee. And our own producer here, Isaac, was in a show on Friday. How'd that go? Oh, it was fantastic. There were there were a lot of people. I was very happy with it. Barely Civil is the band that you're in. You're the drummer. Do you sing as well? I I uh, yelp a little bit sometimes, but I never I never <laughs> <Yelp>. quite sing. <laughs> what does that mean? What's a yelp? Give us an example of a yelp. I don't know, like a ah. <laughs> so you guys played to a, at the Cactus Club. Yep, pretty much almost a sold out show, if not it, a sold out it show. Sure looked sold out to me. So my question to you: So this live music scene is a lot of people who do music. Well, why do you do it? You don't make a ton of money doing this, right? It's passion. Not, not yet. Yeah. No, I. Oh, is that the hope? That's why you're doing it? it to become rich and famous? Hopefully, eventually, at some point. I would like to see some money from it at some okay. point. Um, but no, it's for me, uh, the band that I am playing with, we've all been, you know, the singer and I go back to age five. So oh, wow. okay. this this is really just just friends hanging out, having a good time. So it's something you lo- it's a hobby that you get paid for, basically. Exactly. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. And I think a lot of musicians are that way. They don't do it to make I mean, yeah, you want to make money if you can, that's great. But it's the passion, it's the love, it's it's basically instead of putting together a jigsaw puzzle, you're playing music and you're yeah. putting together stuff and you've you've found a passion that you love to do. Yeah. And awesome. the, the Milwaukee music scene has so much of that. And I, I don't think we're known enough around the country for that. Everybody, Not even everybody knows Summerfest, yeah. which has been around forever, but uh, the music scene here is great. So. It is. Awesome. Lots to do in Milwaukee, as you just heard from Mark Cass and Libby and our own producer here, Isaac. Coming up next, we'll do the WTMJ Breaking News Center with Wyatt Barmore-Pooley. It's Wisconsin's Weekend Morning News. A big upset in the Big D, an eventful evening in Iowa, bitter cold wreaks havoc and more. It is time for the Week in Review, sponsored by Outdoor Living Unlimited. What we do here is go back, 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 back. You get your rear end in there and you play the way you know how to play. We can win the game. Nope. Get my music, please. So wait, so how, when the couch is wait, they will let you down. Jones getting near the goal line. Is he in? He is. Prescott fires for Cooks, and it's intercepted. Aaron Jones up the gut, surging forward. He's in. There's love. Pressure. Back foot throw. End zone. It is. Oh, for the touchdown. Here's Prescott. Over the middle. He's going to off. And no one in front of him. Darnell Savage. Touchdown. How about them, Cowboys? Stayed on his feet. But I'm not done yet. Lillard goes into the front court. He's going to fire up a three for the win. And he hit it. Game time has 
I have a dream. You and I, this means that we are not alone. Fifth grader Journey Granberry reading her award-winning essay to 1017 The Truth. These kids are so brave putting themselves out there to a room full of 800 people. Here in Israel, the country marks 100 days of war with Hamas, 100 days of captivity. Former President Trump will win the Iowa Republican caucuses. We want to thank the great people of Iowa. Thank you. We love you all. As of this moment, we are going to suspend this presidential campaign. Trump and Biden both lack a vision for our country's future. We are not going to get rid of all this cold until Wednesday afternoon. The city of Milwaukee is suspending garbage and recycling collections for the rest of the day due to the dangerously cold temperatures. If you start feeling pain in your extremities or those exposed areas, that's probably a sign that it's getting a little bit too cold for you. A 15-yard penalty for a late hit is not a bad thing as long as it's worth it. Chimura's being criticized for wanting Green Bay to play dirty. I'm not saying play dirty. They have to change that narrative and how you do it is by intimidation. Washington County Executive Josh Showman reiterating his pitch to residents of Milwaukee and Milwaukee County to come use the businesses in his county. There is more than just Cracker Barrel. WTMJ's Vince Vitrano here for Cracker Barrel. Cracker Barrel. Take care now. Yesterday, I had a unique Milwaukee bucket list experience. I am very excited to be inside the Pabst Theater after hours. Eye level with one of the huge, beautiful, multi-crystalled chandeliers. It's like, oh my God. Oh yeah, let there be light. Privacy, please, was the message from the Princess of Wales as courtiers revealed Kate's recovering from major abdominal surgery in a London hospital. We have an evacuation taking place in Hales Corners because of a gas leak. All Hales Corners elementary students are said to be safe and accounted for. Carbon monoxide leak turned deadly in Greenfield. 34-year-old male and his father are found unresponsive and the strong smell of natural gas in the residence. A Milwaukee police officer arrested and suspended. Milwaukee police confirming to WTMJ that officers responded to a hospital for a child abuse investigation Wednesday night. The suspect is a Milwaukee police officer who was arrested and placed on full suspension. Federal regulators are doing away with funny, quirky signs on the highway. That means it's time for Fact or Fiction, the Traffic Highway Edition. Yeah. Oh, yeah! Goodness gracious, thank you. If married to speed, divorce her. One call, that's all. Real or fake? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like, what, Vegas? I don't know. That's that fake. I don't, that's fake. fake. <laughs> that's real. Oh, I wish oh. I came up with that one. Okay, that now, one's real. Now I'm starting to understand why the feds got involved. Okay, <laughs> now right. they're going a little overboard. What a week. No, ma'am. Cracker Barrel. Life is Fred G. Lay. Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend. There's your Week in Review, sponsored by Outdoor Living Unlimited. It was kind of nice to relive the Dallas win, to be honest with you, at the beginning of that segment. I'm sure next week we get to hear about Last night's game, which we'll ignore there. Dayton Canaan for Libby Collins, but Libby's checking in with us next. Pyramid schemes and scams are everywhere. She's going to tell us what to look for. It can be so tempting when you see that ad or you get a pop-up or maybe even an email saying, make $1,000 a week at home, but don't do it. Not unless you check first with Michelle Reinen, our consumer expert from DATCAP. She's here on our Tri-County Contracting Outline. And a lot of people are tempted when they see these opportunities, Michelle. Absolutely. Job scams come in so many forms, and you named one of the most popular that phishing email offering easy work for high pay, but there's pyramid schemes that can enrich a few fraudsters at the expense of many recruits, pitches for investment opportunities, remote employment, or training webinars, and even elaborate schemes involving fake applications, interviews, and paperwork that's really designed to steal your personal information or convince you to spend money on fake office supplies. And People look for a change in the new year, and that might mean a new job opportunity, but we want to make sure that it's a legitimate one for people and not a fake opportunity. So know how to spot one of these scams. Scam recruiters will email you from a personal email instead of a company account. So think Gmail, Yahoo, and others. And if that's where that recruiter is sending their email from, question. 
question it to find out if they are just a scammer at the end of the day. Also, scam recruiters push you for money. They might send you a fake invoice for equipment like a computer or training and may even promise to reimburse you. Well, why is a recruiter doing that instead of the company providing the equipment? And you also might see scam recruiters ask for your personal information up front before giving you any details about a job. They might ask for your driver's license, social security, or bank account number. But that's employment paperwork that you want to actually give to your employer once you've gotten the job and it's your first day and you're filling out all those tax forms. It's not something that the recruiter needs to help you find a job or consider you for employment in an opportunity. And again, before you sign on to anything, what's that Wisconsin Consumer Protection Hotline? one 800 Thank you, Libby. The WTMJ five-day forecast today, sunny, breezy, a high of 22, wind chills of 5 to minus 15, depending on where you are. Tonight, down to 20. Tomorrow, slight chance of a snow mix, a high of 34. Tuesday, messy, wintry mix, a high of 37. Wednesday, cloudy with rain, 39. And Thursday, rain likely with a high of 40. So if you washed your car this weekend, it's just going to be dirty again in two days. One in Pleasant Prairie, two in Fond du Lac, one in Milwaukee. Wind chills a little bit cooler than that. Coming up next, we check into the WTMJ Sports Room with Matt Sossler. It is Wisconsin's Weekend Morning News on WTMJ. Packers season came to a close following a 24-21 loss to the San Francisco 49ers in the divisional round. I think anytime um, there's a finality to the season, it's always tough unless you're the last team standing. And um, for us to, to lose this game um, certainly stings, and I'm sure it's going to sting for a long time. Packers head coach Matt LaFleur leading by four. Packers kicker Anders Carlson missed a 41-yard field goal with three minutes and 19 seconds left. 49ers running back Christian McCaffrey scored a six-yard touchdown on the ensuing possession before Jordan Love threw an interception with under a minute to go. San Francisco advances to the NFC Championship game against the Lions or the Buccaneers next Sunday. Following their loss in Cleveland, the Bucks rebounded with a 141-135 win over Detroit. You know, the most important thing, get the win, obviously, but I thought we showed really good character, great character. Uh, there were times things didn't go our way. Uh, we stuck together and uh, pulled out the win, and um, that's the most important thing, you know, right now. So um, any win, especially a road win in, in this league, is, is, is awesome. Bucks head coach Adrian Griffin up next. The Bucks and Pistons will travel across Lake Michigan for a rematch tomorrow night in the second leg of the home-and-home. Home. Coverage on WTMJ starts at 530. And lastly, all five Marquette starters finish in double figures in their 73-72 win over St. John's. They take a trip down I-94 to take on DePaul on Wednesday night. Tip-off on 94.5 ESPN is scheduled for 8. I'm Matt Sossler, WTMJ Sports. Thank you, Matt. Coming up next on Wisconsin's Weekend Morning News, media critic and pop culture editor at OnMilwaukee.com, Matt Miller. WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI-HD2 Milwaukee. From the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is News Radio WTMJ, a good karma brand station. Good morning, 849. Dayton Kane in for Libby Collins on Wisconsin's Weekend Morning News. going to be sunny, breezy with a high of 22 today. Zero in Madison, zero West Dallas, one in Milwaukee, and the wind chills bring us down below that even. Let's check in right now on the Tri-County Contracting Hotline with media critic and pop culture editor at OnMilwaukee.com, Matt Miller. Good morning, Matt. Good morning. So I hear the Oscar nominations are coming out this week on Tuesday. That is correct. Yeah, somehow it already, it already is Oscar season. It's it's hard to believe. Nor I feel like we've had to wait a lot longer. But yeah, Tuesday we will find out the nominees. So there's been a lot of award shows lately. It seems like all of a sudden it's that time of year. What are you thinking we're going to see here at these nominations? So I see four movies getting more than ten nominations oh, each. Wow. I think it's going to yeah. I think it's going to be a big year for Barbenheimer. I think. <laughs> Both, I think I do. I mean, it was already a big last year. I think it'll be a big Tuesday morning for Barbenheimer. I think Oppenheimer will probably lead the nominations with 13 is my guess, okay. uh, including Best Picture. And Because so, the thing is, this past year, not only did we get these big blockbusters that kind of felt like, you know, big productions, you know, Oppenheimer, massive production, Barbie 
big production, you know? They built those sets. They built those Barbie sets, which is really impressive. So not only do you have these great performances and these great songs and these, you know, fu- this funny script, but you also have this insane production behind that. Sure. It's the same case with Emma Stone's Poor Things, you know, a big production, a big visual sumptuous movie. So not only do you get the performance nominations, you're probably going to get a lot of production nominations as well. So I think those four movies, Oppenheimer, Barbie, Poor Things, and Killers of the Flower Moon, I think you're going to hear those a lot on Tuesday morning. So how what makes one win over the other? Because they're all so different, and they're just so, like you said, big. Like These seem like epic movies. Yeah, it is going to be very interesting to kind of contrast these, because Oppenheimer and Barbie, you know, they're, they're so different, but at the same time, you know, they both are, have a lot of the things that the Oscars love. There are a lot of big performances. There's a lot of incredible production design. Generally speaking, the Oscars don't, go for comedies generally speaking the oscars kind of you know they, they view comedy as a lesser as a lesser genre which is a shame because anyone who's ever tried to be funny ever knows how hard it is to be funny um <laughs> but so uh I, I think oppenheimer will probably win out over barbie in a lot of cases but you know we've got a lot of campaigning to do and we'll see what happens and we'll see you know, where the wind's tied. But right now, Oppenheimer looks like it's, it's, it's going to be in the lead in a lot of categories. So that's interesting. You, were the, you use the word campaigning to do. What does that look like in that space? So these announcements get made, nominations are out there. What turns in Hollywood at that point to get people on board, I guess, to say? Yeah, some of it is, you know, your speeches at awards ceremonies. You know, that's a big thing for actors. As much as the Golden Globes don't technically mean anything or that the Critics' Choice Awards don't mean anything because no one from those groups actually votes in the Academy for the Oscars, but if you have a really great speech that gets people talking, that gets people inspired, they're going to want to see more of those kind of speeches as award season goes along and more people will vote for you. You know, as much as it is about the art and about the performances on the screen, it's also a popularity contest (laughs) and people want to see people that they like on screen on stage. So if people like your speeches, if people like what you're saying on the trail, when you're getting interviewed by variety and stuff like that, well, then you probably have a pretty good chance of getting, getting the nomination and getting the win in March. Well, that's already started. Has there been uh, one or two people that are standing out in your mind that are really making an impact? Yeah, I think, you know, I think Joy Divine Randolph, uh, Divine Joy Randolph, pardon me, in the holdovers, uh, I think she's looking really good in terms of winning Best Supporting Actress. Uh, I, I think she's so great in the holdovers. It's a wonderful performance. I, I think Best Actor is becoming interesting because I think all of us were very much of the feeling that Killian Murphy, who played Oppenheimer and Oppenheimer, mm-hmm. who, whose shoulders carry that movie, I think there was a feeling of like, oh, he's he's probably got this in the bag. But Paul Giamatti is overdue as an actor. He's I, I he's never won uh, Best Actor at the Oscars. He's terrific in the holdovers. And when he's won awards during this award season, he's been a part of really charming, wonderful speeches where he's, you know, thanking teachers and thanking critics for for the way that, uh, for for loving movies as much as critics truly do, and getting caught, you know, after the Golden Globes, going to In and Out Burger yeah. and grabbing a burger. I think stuff like that is really charming and keeps Paul Giamatti at the front of people's minds uh, in in a increasingly tight Best Actor race. Yeah, yeah. I I wish him luck. He's he's just seems like a genuine individual and maybe it's cuz he does things like you just mentioned, but uh okay, on that front, anything else on the Oscars we need to know about right now before we switch topics here? I think you know a lot of these movies are hopefully going to get re-releases when they come out. So if you didn't get a chance to see Oppenheimer or Barbie or The Holdovers on the big screen or uh, you know, some smaller ones like Anatomy of a Fall or The Zone of Interest, which are kind of small uh, foreign movies but are really tremendous, hopefully those will all get re-released in the upcoming weeks to get a little bonus cash uh, and get a little <laughs> bit more buzz going for them. So uh, if you haven't seen them yet, honestly, I would, in the case of Oppenheimer, if you haven't seen Oppenheimer yet, wait to see it on a big screen. It is a movie that you're going to want to see on the big screen, not only because it is a big, loud movie, 
but because it's long and you want to really kind of just sit there and soak that movie in as opposed to, you know, get distracted watching at home. Okay, we have a couple minutes left here. Something on your notes mentioned the International Space Station, and I'm trying to figure (laughs) out how that ties into pop culture. There's a new movie out this weekend called ISS about Russians and Americans fighting over the ISS space station after war breaks out on Earth. And it's I think there's a really interesting, smart, tense movie to be made from this premise. I'm a super sucker for any movies that take place in space. I think it's a great setting. Uh, I don't think this is the best version of that movie. It kind of gets a little silly. And honestly, the stuff that involves space feels like it's kind of secondary to everything (laughs) more standard in the movie, which is weird because I'd be like, hey, you know, it's terrifying about space is everything. Um, But, you know, if you're looking for some thrills, if you're looking for an escape from the cold darkness of a Wisconsin winter, maybe the cold darkness of space will do. Yeah. Well, you still got some heat around you in a nice, comfortable leather chair. That is true. That is true. You get those heater and recliners, then everything's good. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Matt, when people go to Milwaukee.com, uh, they can find you there. What else do they find at that? Yeah, head over to OnMilwaukee.com. We've got a brunch guide running right now, guides with great hot ham and rolls for your Sunday morning. Uh, we've got some fun articles about the Packers. Rest in peace, 2023-2024 <laughs> Packers. We loved you. Um, yeah, we got a bunch of fun stuff, and I know we got a bunch of fun stuff planned for this week, too. So, yeah, stay tuned to On Milwaukee. On Milwaukee.com, Matt Miller, thank you for joining us. Oh, you know, by the way, Brewers Home Opener is April 2nd, so we have 72 days till that. Until then, I was we... going to say, just a few months. Yeah, just a few months. Until then, we'll watch the Bucks continue their uh, triumphant run through the NBA, I guess, since uh, the Packers uh, are done. If so. we must. If we must. <laughs> <laughs> uh, awesome. Always good to hear from you. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. All right. Have a great day. Uh, coming up, that's hour number one. We got a whole nother hour. We're going to talk about uh, ownership of properties in the Milwaukee area, people moving in from the West Coast. We've got uh, the Milwaukee Boat Show coming to town. More sports, of course. A conversation tease with Libby Collins. Dayton Kane filling in for her. You can find us at WTMJ.com. That's where you can listen live. You can also download the app and take us wherever you go. Thank you for listening to Wisconsin's Weekend Morning News. This is Wisconsin's Weekend Morning News. All men this morning, Dayton Kane filling in for Libby Collins. She'll be back next week. You normally hear me Saturdays, 7 to 10. I do the Fix-It Show and the Fox World Travel Show right here on WTMJ. Thanks for joining us. This is our number two of Wisconsin's Weekend Morning News. And a name that you may be familiar with because it's been on the side of a building on North Avenue for a long time. Vitucci's is down there. That is not who we have on the phone with us, but related, of course, because the Mike Vitucci. I don't know, Mike, are you there? I'm here. I don't know that I know a lot of Vitucci's. So that name, when you hear it, it kind of just rings the bell, right? That's right. So uh, tell us, you, you're the owner of Bella Properties, and we have you on this morning to talk about property management in a little bit. But uh, give us a little bit of your, your background, your history. Well, um, that Vitucci family is my family. It was my dad and uh, his brothers. And, of course, my grandparents started in 1934. And I continued on, and I uh, left Petucci's uh, in uh, early 2000, and now I'll, I open up uh, my own establishments, a couple of bars on Marquette University campus, and I own Uncle Buck's next door to the Pfizer and Izzy Hops and uh, the Belmont Tavern on Jefferson next to the Fitzroy Hotel. So I started off in the bar industry, and that rolled into owning real estate. Yeah, and that's what we're going to talk about today. So you own some rental properties, and uh, you're one of the rare owners that actually goes in and buys a property and makes it nice, which is very nice. And that's part of the reason I wanted to talk to you today, because I want to get a feel for what the younger generation is looking for, what those young renters are coming to you and they're going through your properties and saying, hey, this is what I want. What are you seeing trend-wise? Well, it all depends. Um, You know, some tenants want cheap rent. So if you have cheap rent, then you get cheap amenities. So it all depends on what your consumer is. Um, Me, I like to update my apartments because I don't want to get called saying, hey, my my sink's clogged up, broken pipes, uh, my floor is all rotted out or what. I like to make them really nice so I have less calls and less headaches. But um, to answer your question, 
you know, it depends on the age group. Um, so my properties are located um, on the east side. I stay from East Capitol Drive uh, going north or south to uh, North Avenue. Okay. And um, they ask for, like, dishwashers, for sure, uh, washing machines. They want in-units. They're happy with coin-operated but prefer in-units that are free access to them to use all the time, which is always added into their rent. Okay. And then they also look for um, high-speed Internet. Most kids don't have cable. Uh, most young generation, I'd say 30 and under, they stream. They want high-speed Internet. Um, but they want walkability, bike paths. Uh, location is very important, convenient, and proximity to grocery stores. So uh, what, what are some of the ways that property managers, then, if you're dealing with this younger generation, you're including some things in the units that you haven't done before, how do you get some deals on these upgrades that you're having to put into the unit? Well, it depends how savvy you are. If you're a handy person, um, or very inquisitive on learning how things mechanically work. Um, I always use the big box stores, uh, and I general contract most of my projects myself. You'd be stunned. If you want to buy a property or a single-family home, go to the uh, Lowe's, Menards, uh, Home Depot, and get yourself um, an account opened under their perks program because you get these amazing discounts that are there for you. And you don't have to be a contractor to get that, but you'd get back serious amounts of cash, which if you're savvy, it's great. Plus, um, you know, you get like, uh, some offer, uh, great deals on appliances. Um, I like the home Depot because they do free deliveries and they're very, very good on scheduling and that delivery charge adds up. So finding the right tools at the right place. The, there's a lot of new technology hitting us every day. What are some useful apps or tools that you've found in the last year or two? Well, I, I download all the apps for all the big box stores. Um, I'm big on that um, because I want to see my receipts, my spends, and it keeps track of things. And if you want to return things, it's simple. Um, it's rather than, you know, when people buy things, they, they have uh, um, receipts piled up. They don't know where they are. Uh, on the apps, it, it has all your receipts there. And when you go into these stores, um, a lot of times when you have their credit card, you can return things a year later, which is amazing too, because it doesn't work. You can return it. Hmm. So basically, if you're getting into property management, you're looking to buy your own place, look for the different things that are out there. But organization sounds like it's a big part of this, right? Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> you can lose your, you can lose your marbles when you're when you're doing a project, uh, because there's a lot of there's a lot of things involved, a lot of um, you know moving moving parts, uh, because you still have to go in and get uh, uh, you know work with inspections and working with this, the city or village wherever you might be. A lot of those guys are you know they're they're short staffed, so planning can really really affect you, uh, especially when you don't take in consideration scheduling these inspections to come through your place. So if you buy a rental property, you, you want to rent it. Yeah. So you have to plan early and schedule these out and make sure that you hit your timelines. You kind of need to rent it. We don't have enough places for people to live, right? That's what it feels like, but it's good for people like me for sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. All right, Mike. Well, we appreciate your knowledge. Thank you for coming on the show, and good luck with finishing off all your properties and getting them full. Yeah, thanks, Dayton. Have a great day. Enjoy this cold. All right. Thank you. Wisconsin's Weekend Morning News, Dayton Kane in for Libby Collins. Coming up next, we check in with Matt Sossler with the sports update. Packers playoff run came to a close after a 24-21 loss to the San Francisco 49ers. This is a special group, and one of the tough things about the National Football League is that's not going to be that group will never be together again as a team. There's so much turnover each and every year, but their their ability to stay together when, I mean, a lot of stuff was hitting the fan. Uh, I couldn't be more proud than to be able to stand up in front of that group, and it's a special group. Um, and I think that, you know, it's a young group that there's a lot of promise for the future, but nothing's guaranteed, and our guys are going to have to attack this offseason Packers head coach Matt LaFleur, San Francisco, advances to the NFC Championship game against the Lions or Buccaneers next Sunday. Damian Lillard put up 45 points in the Bucks' 141-135 win over Detroit. He definitely, you know, he's a rhythm player, and you could tell he started to get his rhythm out there. 
his shots started to feel good for him, and he made big shots, and that's that's why he's on this team. You know, he makes big shots, uh, but also he he's a smart, intelligent player. He's making the best uh, the mo- uh, the right play. Bucks head coach Adrian Griffin. Lillard became the first Bucks player with at least forty points, ten assists, and five three pointers in a game. Up next, the Bucks and Pistons will travel across Lake Michigan for a rematch tomorrow night for the second leg of the home and home. Coverage on WTMJ starts at 5.30. And lastly, all five Marquette starters finish in double figures in their 73-72 win over St. John's. They take a trip down I-94 to take on DePaul on Wednesday night. Tip-off on 94.5 ESPN is scheduled for 8. I'm Matt Sossler, WTMJ Sports. Thanks, Matt. Coming up next, we'll peek at the five-day forecast, and we'll talk to Holly Gamblin from Keller Williams Realty. Uh, Rumor is... Lots of people from the East Coast moving into the Midwest, and we want to find out how that's impacting us and our housing situation. It is Wisconsin's Weekend Morning News on WTMJ. Good morning. Welcome to Wisconsin's Weekend Morning News. Dayton Kane in for Libby Collins, 919 on January 21st, 2024. Let's get that WTMJ five-day forecast. Today, sunny, breezy, 22, wind chills of 5 to minus 15, and I get to go cut down a couple trees in my son-in-law's yard. Looking forward to that. Tonight, low of 20. Monday, slight chance of a snow mix, 34. Tuesday, it's going to get messy. Wintry mix, likely a high of 37. Wednesday, cloudy, rain, a high of 39, and Thursday, rain likely with a high of 40. It's 7 in Kenosha, 3 in Plymouth, 4 in Milwaukee. And on the line with us, we do have Holly Gamblin from Keller Williams Realty. Good morning, Holly. Good morning, Dayton. How are you? Good. Thank you for joining us nice and early on a Sunday morning. We appreciate that. Um, I want to pick your brain on the real estate market. Now, I heard something recently that due to changing weather patterns of all things, more and more people are moving from the coast to the Midwest. I want to start with, first off, is that true? Are you finding that to be true? You know, I think it's going to become more and more true. We're seeing it more evident in large industry. So we've seen the most impact coming from these bigger companies who are actively monitoring this and strategically placing their operations where it's a profitable investment for safe expansion and centralized distribution. That's the Midwest. We have a great uh, property value here that's more approachable than some of our larger cities. And it's a it's a win-win for everyone, even their employees. This has brought a large amount of employees relocating to Milwaukee and the surrounding counties. Likewise, we do have a more environmentally conscious and fiscally responsible younger demographic. They're choosing their locations, somewhat prompted by COVID and the ability to work sure. remote. So now home buyers, they can search a compilation of public source data. You can discern which locations are most appropriate to meet your financial your crime and safety goals, commute times, geoland statistics, and the National Risk Index, which breaks down 40-plus weather patterns like avalanches, mudslides, the snowfall that we just had, <laughs> the heat index, hurricanes, et cetera. So right now the number of individuals utilizing that public data is small, but it, the larger industries like Amazon are fully aware and they are bringing home buyers to our markets. I did, that's interesting because I just thought people are like, I don't want to live in California anymore, so I'm moving. But it's it's <laughs> driven a lot by the businesses that are out there and where they're choosing to put their plants and their warehouses, et cetera. Absolutely. Huh, huh. So how is that affecting the Milwaukee area then as far as pricing and availability of homes? Right. We're seeing a lot of new development. If you just take a look at Oak Creek, um, Cudahy, Racine, Kenosha, we're having a lot of new construction. So uh, we have to have houses for these for the employees who are coming into our state. So it is impacting. Um, but we're having to create homes for them because right now we have uh, less homes on the market than what we would like to see. The rising interest rates have caused home buyer, home sellers, excuse me, to stay put. They really don't want to bounce or downsize or upsize. They're very comfortable with their current interest rate. So once things shift a little bit more, we are starting to see an uptick in listings. What do you think of multiple? 
multiple use type buildings. I'm thinking right now, I'm sitting in the Avenue, what used to be the Grand Avenue Mall. Now we have yeah. radio stations, businesses. We have still have like a food court here, but then we've got condominiums built in, pickleball courts. Are we going to see more of that type of structure? You know, we are. We're already seeing it. These micro communities are popping up everywhere. So it benefits. It speaks to what the consumer is really searching for. They want convenience. They want everything within a certain radius uh, to minimize those commute times. So it's nice that developers and community planners are responding. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Okay, so let's switch gears a little bit here. So we have all these people moving into the area. What should a couple or a a person looking for their first home be aware of when they're out there in the marketplace? That's a great question. First-time homebuyers, did you know that first-time homebuyers make up 40% of all transactions right now? I did not know that. It's amazing. That's a big number. So it really is. A couple things are factoring in for that. Rents are increasing which is a good reason to consider putting your money into building equity instead of your rent. And lenders do have incentives that help first-time home buyers. Also, this group has adjusted to the current interest rate environment. They're comfortable with it. They've made peace with it. They realize that purchasing a home might be a smarter financial decision for them. So they are ready. They're aggressively looking. And at a time when our inventory of available homes is low, they're they're doing everything they can to make it happen. My advice to this group of first-time home buyers is align yourself with a great realtor. Your realtor needs to be knowledgeable, an excellent communicator, and someone who is committed to your goals and your needs, not just trying to make a transaction happen, not one who just pushes the paper and doesn't involve themselves. Your realtor needs to be your advocate and a trusted advisor. Also, I would advise getting a home inspection. It will educate you about your property of interest. It may reveal a big issue that then can be negotiated with the seller for a resolution. But again, you need a great realtor who is adept and skilled to handle that type of conflict. On that note, we're talking to Holly Gamblin from Keller Williams Realty. Great realtor if you're looking for one. But you just mentioned <laughs> that you. that what what is something that or some things that absolutely kill a real estate deal? Or are there or should you just know what you're getting into, like you said, so you can negotiate? Right, right. There are things that can kill a deal. Lack of communication is number one. Um, I unfortunately have come in contact with a uh, maybe a seller's representation choice and we're not getting communication from them. So that can kill a deal depending on what the topic is. Um, Sadly enough, dishonesty. I have seen misrepresentation by some sellers. It's not often in the form of non-disclosure of big ticket items that need to be addressed in their homes. And then it's discovered that they do have knowledge of the issue or they did have a service person out and they failed to disclose it. Just don't do that. It's much better uh, to disclose any issue with your home so the buyer is aware. It it protects you as the seller. So disclose, disclose, disclose everything that you possibly can about your home. Even if it's a deferred maintenance item, just disclose it, put it out there. Sometimes that uh, discovery on the buyer side can spook them and it could kill a deal. Kill a deal yeah. Um, also, yeah, lack of compromise. I would say if it's a minor topic, be willing to compromise. Not anything major. Obviously, this requires full disclosure and discussion and uh, negotiation. But if it's a minor topic, compromise can keep things together. And again, Holly, that's where a good realtor comes into play because you guys have been there, you've done that, you know exactly what you're dealing with, and hopefully between the two realtors and the parties involved, you can get that worked out. Absolutely. We have a plethora of resources, service people, subcontractors to lean on to come out there and advise. I'm, you know, I'm not an expert person at Windows, so, but I certainly know several who are, <laughs> and I will have them out, and then they can advise the buyer and the seller. Awesome. Well, thank you for coming on. We appreciate it. How do people get in touch with you if they want? Oh, that would be great. My number, my direct number, 414-209-5445. You're welcome to email me is my name, Holly Gamblin, H-O-L-L-Y-G-A-M-B-L-I-N at kw.com. Keller Williams Realty. We appreciate your expertise. Have a great weekend.
You have a great day. Thank you, Dayton. All right, thank you. Coming up next, we'll check in with Wyatt Barmore-Pooley in the WTMJ Breaking News Center. It is Wisconsin's Weekend Morning News on WTMJ. Isaac nailing it as we get into this next segment. I'm Dayton Kanan for Libby Collins on Wisconsin's Weekend Morning News. Thank you for joining us. It's 936, 7 degrees on the way up to a high of 22, but wind chills making it feel a little bit cooler than that as you're outside today. Uh, we are joined this morning by Ben Nielsen from the Milwaukee Boat Show that's going on at the Expo Center at Wisconsin State Fair Park this weekend and most of next week. Good morning, Ben. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing fantastic this morning. How are you guys? Good, good. So this cold winter weather keeping people away, you've been open for a couple of days now, right? We have, yes. You know, we've been open a couple of days, and, and our attendance has actually been really good. good. Um, you know, a lot of people coming in here looking at boats, uh, you know, all the latest, greatest stuff out there. And, you know, yesterday evening may not have been super busy. Uh, there was a certain football game, I think, that may have you know, <laughs> kept a few people away yesterday. But, uh, uh, you know, we're looking forward to a nice, strong day again today. Yeah, 10 to 5 today, and then what, Wednesday through Sunday of next week or this coming week? Yes, yeah, we're closed on Monday and Tuesday of this next week, and then we open back up at noon on Wednesday, uh, and then we're open, obviously, the rest of the week all through this next Sunday. So this has been going on a long time, but for those that don't know, why would I want to go to the boat show? Well, uh, you know, obviously, if you have any interest in boat or boating, the boat show's for you. So, you know, whether you're looking to, to buy a new boat, dream about having a new boat, um, quite honestly, sick of the cold weather and just want to <laughs> come somewhere that maybe, you know, feels a little bit more like summer, uh, those are all good reasons to come to the boat show. A uh, lot of things here to see. Obviously, you can walk through all these different boats, um, look at maybe uh, some of the new docks and stuff like that that are on top of that. Uh, marine electronics are going to be down here. Um, tubes for the kids, you know, a lot of things other than just boats here as well. And then starting this next week on Wednesday, uh, Twiggy the water skiing squirrel will be joining us as well, which is always a huge hit. <laughs> He's still out there, huh? Oh, yes, absolutely. Awesome. Uh, antiques and classic boats on display. Is this all new boats for sale, or are they new and used? This is just a new boat okay. show. So um, now some of the dealers will have on display, you know, some boards that may have some used boats that they might have back at their locations. Okay. But everything that's inside this building is, is, is a brand new boat. Uh, all the latest and greatest models. Uh, that you can kind of compare and choose and walk through. So, uh, and you know, the really, you know, one of the benefits of buying a boat, you know, this time of year is you get the boat you want. Uh, you know, if if you wait till summertime, there's kind of slim pickings out there, right? So right now is when you get in and pick out, you know, exactly what it is that you want. Um, there's a lot of rebates out there right now for manufacturers, so they're also the best time of the year to buy as far as getting a good deal. Uh, and you can come down and talk to these dealers and, you know, maybe get a little bit of price war going between them. That's always a good thing. So, uh, yeah, lots of boats here to see. Nice. It's the Expo Center at the Wisconsin State Fair Park. What's the website? MilwaukeeBoatShow.com. You kept it easy. MilwaukeeBoatShow.com. All right, good luck to you. I hope that the rest of the it, – it, it's going to be wet out. People could almost use their boats to get to the show this week with all the snow melting and the rain that's coming. Yeah, it's going right. to be crazy. Option, right? Awesome. Well, yeah. thank you for your time, Ben. We appreciate it, and uh, I'm sure we'll talk to you again next year. Thank you. All right. Have a good day. Wisconsin's Weekend Morning News coming up. We are going to look at your forecast, and we're also going to get a WTMJ Conversations tease from Libby Collins. She's not here today, but she's still chiming in. I'm Dayton Kane on WTMJ. Dayton Kane filling in for Libby Collins, but we are going to check in with Libby. She had a conversation with MPD Assistant Police Chief Nicole Waldner, and uh, you'll hear the full conversation at 11, but let's get a little clip here now from Libby. There you are back in the city that you thought you, were, you had left behind, and now you're in the police academy. This is going to make me sound so arrogant, but it's the truth. When I got the letter, my mom's like, you got in. What are you going to do? I said, Mom, I'm not coming back to Milwaukee unless I can be the mayor. So I'll start as police officer. But if I'm coming back to Milwaukee, I want to be mayor. Now that I'm more involved in politics, I do not want to be mayor in any way. Do not. But that was my thought. Like, I'm not coming back to Milwaukee just to do this job. You became a rookie officer. Mm -hmm. You're a woman. There weren't that many women on the department still, were there? I had other female officers at my work locations, and that's kind of who you connect with as a female right away. But I didn't have very many female bosses. I started noticing women in law enforcement when I became the academy director. Then I have a class of 65. And when I only have five females in it, that's when I was like, 
We need more females. You can hear Livy's entire conversation with MPD Assistant Police Chief Nicole Waldner today at 11, right after the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show. Uh, up next, we're going to check in with Matt Sossler, but let's get that WTMJ five-day forecast. Today, sunny, breezy, a high of 22, wind chills keeping us at about 5 to minus 15, depending on where you are. Tonight, down to 20. Tomorrow, slight chance of a snow mix, high of 34. Tuesday, messy, wintry mix, likely a high of 37. Wednesday, cloudy with rain, a high of 39. Thursday, rain likely, and a high of 40. It is going to get messy out there this week. Uh, It's 7 in Green Bay, 8 in Racine, and 7 in Milwaukee on WTMJ. Packers season came to a close following a 24-21 loss to the San Francisco 49ers in the divisional round. I think any time... there's a finality to the season. It's always tough unless you're the last team standing. And um, for us to, to lose this game um, certainly stings, and I'm sure it's going to sting for a long time. Packers head coach Matt LaFleur leading by four. Packers kicker Anders Carlson missed a 41-yard field goal with three minutes and 19 seconds left. 49ers running back Christian McCaffrey scored a six-yard touchdown on the ensuing possession before Jordan Love threw an interception with under a minute to go. San Francisco advances to the NFC Championship game against the Lions or the Buccaneers next Sunday. Following their loss in Cleveland, the Bucks rebounded with a 141-135 win over Detroit. You know, the most important thing, get the win, obviously, but I thought we showed really good character, great character. Uh, there were times things didn't go our way. Uh, we stuck together and uh, pulled out the win, and um, that's the most important thing, you know, right now, so... Um, any win, especially a road win in, in this league, is, is, is awesome. Bucks head coach Adrian Griffin up next. The Bucks and Pistons will travel across Lake Michigan for a rematch tomorrow night in the second leg of the home-and-home. Home. Coverage on WTMJ starts at 5.30. And lastly, all five Marquette starters finish in double figures in their 73-72 win over St. John's. They take a trip down I-94 to take on DePaul on Wednesday night. Tip-off on 94.5 ESPN is scheduled for 8.00. I'm Matt Sossler, WTMJ Sports. Thank you, Matt. Coming up next, we'll look at the forecast, and we're going to wrap up the show with Bill Jarts, news anchor at WBAY-TV in Green Bay, and also the Lambeau Field Stadium announcer will get his perspective on what happens next. It is WTMJ and Wisconsin's Weekend Morning News. WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI-HD2 Milwaukee. From the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is News Radio WTMJ, a good karma brand station. Wisconsin's Weekend Morning News. Good morning, Dayton Kane in for Libby, Libby Collins. 9.48, the five-day forecast, looking wet, sunny, breezy, 22 today. Wind chills of 5 to minus 15, depending on what part of the state you're in. Down to 20 tonight. Monday, slight chance of a snow mix, a high of 34. Tuesday, messy, wintry mix likely, 37. Wednesday, cloudy with rain, high of 39. And then Thursday, rain likely with a high of 40. Uh, coming up, he is on the line with us after the big loss last night. Bill Jarts, news anchor at WBAY-TV in Green Bay and the Lambeau Field Stadium announcer. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning. No, no, no. Good morning, Dave. How are you, partner? Lambo. <laughs> oh, it's been a while, sir. How are you? Everything good? Wonderful. And a happy birthday a day late. Oh, thank and, you. Um, Appreciate and it. And I'm sorry that you got to work with a 49er guy today. No, At least you're not totally too much, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, what is that? Uh, so, oh, obviously, we all know what happened yesterday. And if you TiVo'd it and, or, or recorded it and didn't watch it too bad because the whole world's talking about it. Um, from your perspective, Bill, so we know they lost. We know the season's over. What I really want to focus on, obviously give us your take on the season and how it affected the fans of Green Bay, but then what do you do for the next six months? <laughs> <laughs> Go in my basement and talk really loud, right? <laughs> no, uh, no, it was, uh, it was a, a much better season. I think a lot of people anticipated oh, just yeah. because, you know, anytime you make a uh, quarterback change of that magnitude. I mean, they've had two Hall of Fame quarterbacks back to back, and all of a sudden you bring in a guy, uh, you know, still in the number one pick, but an unknown commodity. Um, and they started out pretty slow. Like, okay, everybody's ready to, you know, jump off Tower Drive Bridge up there. But uh, <laughs> they certainly turned that thing around the last few weeks. And, you know, if you didn't have a betting or a rooting interest last night, that was a heck of a football game. Oh, My goodness. Back and forth. It was crazy. A lot of uh, missed opportunities by both teams. I don't think it was as a high-scoring game as everybody thought it was going to be. Um, the weather probably played a factor in that, I would guess, Dayton. Yeah. Oh, oh. For a while, I was like, oh, 
I don't know how to swim. I'm glad I wasn't there. <laughs> it, that is the worst. You know, I've been at games even, just sitting in the stands at Lambeau. When it's cold and snowing, you can handle it. When it's cold and rainy, it's miserable. Yeah, once you get wet, then it's like, you know, you can put on the little gear to keep the uh, you know, keep yourself warm while you get wet. Time to go. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, so you... it's going to be uh, as far as the offseason now. You know, obviously they're going to go through their roster and there are going to be some changes. That's one thing you can always count on for Packer football. There's always a change. Uh, some guys retire, some guys get cut, some guys you know, move on as free agents. But, uh, you know, the one question they have that really is answered, and I think the biggest thing they solved this year is, is Jordan Love the guy? And I think clearly he is the guy. Oh, yeah. And now they're just, uh, you know, that's gonna, he's going to get a new contract as soon as I think it's May when he can come up for another. You can only get a, a sign a new contract in the NFL uh, once a year, so whenever that anniversary comes up, they'll sign into a deal, and it'll be a, an eye opener. Yeah. And, uh, and then they just go forward and try to build on what they started this year. So uh, at the middle of the season, everybody was talking about our defensive coordinator being gone, but then they changed the tide completely in the last five or six games. We've looked incredible. Like, yeah. so what and, do you think's that's happening there? One of the biggest questions. That's James. That's probably one of the biggest questions. Do you hang on to him as your defensive coordinator? Because if you base it on the first half of the season, you say no. And if you base it on the last five games of the season, you say, yeah, we've got to keep him and give him an extension. Do you, do you um, think that was just the, the growing pains of the young team? Because that was kind of true on offense too, right? We struggled in the beginning, and then suddenly it all came together. But they were a little more mature on the defense ah, that's side. True. You know, that's yeah, true. I mean, that's one thing about that. They had some pretty good veterans over there that solidified things. I just, I, I don't know if uh, you know, Coach Lafleur went in the defensive meeting and kind of said, "Listen, we need to step this up" or whatever. But something changed, right? Whatever that is, I'm not sure. But something changed. They seem to be a little more aggressive. And one thing about defense, I think you got to get out. You cannot let your opposing quarterback be comfortable. If he's comfortable, right. he's going to eat you alive. I don't care who he is. Yep. You cannot make those folks comfortable. Okay, so we've got a couple minutes left. Get us behind the scenes a little bit about what happens for you now. Are you part of planning for the next season, or do you just show up on Sunday or Saturday and get on the mic? <laughs> no. No, basically what happens now is I just wait till the schedule comes out, and then I may send an email or I just want to make sure I'm still on board for next year. <laughs> and they, oh, of course you are, George. Of course you are. You're PA1. So I, I assume I'm coming back Dayton next year. Uh, I would be my 20th year already. Hard to believe. Wow. Gary Knaff, my predecessor, was 40 years. So wow. I'm almost halfway through his journey. But uh, I, And then uh, you, know, you follow the team. I, if you live in Green Bay or in the Green Bay market, you definitely follow the Packers, and so does everybody else. Sure. Day. Let's face it, it's the 800-pound grill in the room, and and that's what makes it special. Yeah. And so I'll be doing that, and then, you know, it's around, uh, you know, I think family night will be probably August 3rd or something like that. And then I'll start cutting gate announcements with where the things you as you're walking up to the stadium, you know, whether you can bring this in, you can't bring this in. Today's giveaway is this, that. Those are called <laughs> gate announcements. So I do that. Okay. And then we, uh, assuming I get the green light, we'll just uh, – you know, I get all the uh, pronunciations on Tuesday and hang them up by my uh, desk at work. And every day I look at them two or three times. I get comfortable with the names. And then Sunday we show up, or game day we show up on uh, three hours and 15 minutes prior to kickoff. We have a meeting and go through every shot and read things and then uh, rehearse a little bit. An hour before kickoff, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Lambeau Field, and away we go. <laughs> nice. Bill Jarts, the Lambeau Field Stadium announcer, anchor at WBAY-TV in Green Bay. So nice to hear from you, sir. And you as well, my friend. And again, happy birthday to you. And I understand you're going on vacation tomorrow. Oh, Enjoy it, my man. friend. Man, Costa Rica's calling my name. All right. I hear it loud and clear, buddy. <laughs> Talk to you soon. <laughs> Have a great weekend. All right, buddy. Appreciate it. Thank you. Bye-bye. The Acunet Mortgage Realty Show coming up next. Dayton Kane out for Libby Collins. She's back next week on WTMJ.